This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you on this December 1st. So I'm coming to you on a Friday. Typically upload podcasts on Tuesdays, but it's a little bit different. We're coming off Thanksgiving week. I've been in and out of town, and so I didn't want to get a podcast up this week, even if it was a quicker one. And man, we had a a brilliant game on Thursday night. It's about time we had a Thursday night football game that was worth our time and energy. And I know Seahawks and Cowboys fans We're on the edge of our seats last night, but if you were a neutral NFL fan, man, you were entertained. I'm sure you had your popcorn ready. You were watching a great game. 41-35, the Dallas Cowboys improved to 9-3, while the Seattle Seahawks dropped to 6-6 in what could prove to be a pivotal NFC matchup as the playoff picture currently unfolds. I mean, we're already in week 13. It was, man... It was a wild game. Talk about high-scoring affair. Cowboys and Seahawks went toe-to-toe at AT AT&T Stadium. And as a Dallas Cowboy fan, man, I was sweating bullets. I was up on my feet. I was going crazy. I thought at one point the Seattle Seahawks were going to run away with this game. But the Dallas Cowboys found a way to dig deep, won a 14th consecutive home game at AT AT&T Stadium. An incredible way to kick off Week 13. Let me tell you what, it was a referee party, it was a ref show, a lot of laundry on the field, it included a whopping 19 overall penalties, the Cowboys and Seahawks combined for 257 total penalty yards, which are the most in a single game this season, but Dak Prescott once again built on his MVP case, 299 pass yards, 3 touchdowns, he has now thrown 20 passing touchdowns over the last 6 games which are the most in a six-game span in franchise history. CeeDee Lamb continued his tear, top three in receiving yards in the NFL, once again showing his worth. He was added again, Prescott's favorite target, 12 receptions, 116 yards, one touchdown. Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks got touchdowns as well. Tony Pollard added 68 yards on the ground, plus a touchdown, 20 carries. As for the Seahawks, Seattle, man, their offense came to life. I know Shane Waldron had drawn a lot of criticism for his play calling. I'll tell you what, DK Metcalf, six passes, 134 yards, three touchdowns, rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba went off 62 yards, seven receptions, and Geno Smith, he gave the Seahawks a chance to steal one here in Texas Tried to lead a game-winning drive with 143 remaining, but Seattle couldn't move the sticks on a 4th and 2 at the 50-yard line. Smith finished 23 of 41, 334 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception. And man, talk about just elite effort across the board. I know that sometimes when the refs are dominating the game with penalties on every other snap, it can get gruesome to watch as an NFL fan. There's a lot of outcry about missed calls or calls that were called that shouldn't have been made. 
And there's a lot of people saying, just let them play. Regardless, put that aside. It was a heck of a football game last night. And as a Cowboy fan, I got to tell you what, I am elated that I can wake up on a victory Friday and enjoy an extra couple of days of celebration before things kick off in week 14 next Sunday when the Cowboys host the Philadelphia Eagles in a pivotal NFC divisional clash. Now, I do want to get into Sunday's slate of games. I'm going to go a little bit quicker than I typically do just because I know the shelf life of this week's podcast is significantly reduced because I'm uploading on a Friday and not a Tuesday. So let's get into it, folks. Sunday, December 3rd, we have the Colts and Titans kicking off at noon on CBS. The Colts, 6-5 and five. now. Bad news for Jonathan Taylor that he's going to miss some time due to a thumb injury he suffered in week 12. So they're going to have to rely on Zach Moss, who has done really well this year. And they're currently in the playoffs, which if you would have told me that this Colts team, once they lost Anthony Richardson, it's a first-year head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. If you would say, man, they're going to be in the playoff hunt in week 13, I probably would not have believed you, but here we are. And so they're playing some tough, resilient football, and so I think they deserve an immense amount of credit. The Titans, meanwhile, 4-7. and seven. Will Levis continues to be the starting quarterback. Here, I have to say, even though they're playing in Nashville, I do like the Indianapolis Colts to pull out another victory because this defense is playing really well for Indianapolis. DeForest Buckner, I know they cut Shaq Leonard, but Zaire Franklin has been leading the NFL in tackles, and then Kenny Moore working out of the slot, has been able to create some turnovers as well. So give me the Colts here. This is a game where I think Gardner Minshew can find some success to the air. Michael Pittman Jr., Josh Downs, they've really done a good job of becoming just valid receivers for Gardner Minshew. Zach Moss is going to have to get going again as RB1 until Jonathan Taylor returns. I think he's able to get that done. Give me Indianapolis to win. 23-17, and Will Levis, we'll see how he looks as the Tennessee Titans continue to roll with a rookie quarterback, hoping that he could be their long-term future. And Derrick Henry, this is a game, if you're Indianapolis, you have to make sure that you're not letting Derrick Henry win the game. So should be a good one. It's a divisional matchup, but give me the Indianapolis Colts. Chargers-Patriots, L.A. 4-7, New England a dreadful 2-9. Brandon Staley, the seat is getting hotter by the week. This team needs a win. Their playoff hopes are slowly fading away. This is a Patriots team that is likely to make a head coaching change at that season's end. Bill Belichick could be on his way out, which would be a mega breaking story. And we'll see how things unfold when the time comes. But the Chargers, even though you're playing in Foxborough against a stingy Patriots defense that can make life difficult on Justin Herbert, this is a game that they must win. If they don't, Brandon Staley may be given his walking papers as soon as he gets back to Hollywood. I'll take the Chargers here to get the job done by a score of 24-16. to 16. I think this is a game where Bailey Zappi, maybe Malik Cunningham starts. It looks like Mac Jones and the experiment in New England has come to an end, but the Chargers must come out on top. I'll take them to beat the Patriots. Lions and Saints, Detroit 8-3, and three, taking the road to Caesars Superdome to take on a desperate Saints team that's 5-6. and six. Dennis Allen has also drawn some 
criticism from Saints fans. They want to change. This is a game where in the NFC South, it's anybody's division to be had. The Falcons currently leading it with a 5-6 record thanks to their victory over the Saints last Sunday. New Orleans better get things going, but unfortunately, they're running into an angry Lions team that was embarrassed on their home turf on Thanksgiving to one of their divisional rivals in the Green Bay Packers. Look for Jared Goff to get back in the saddle and to put forth a good effort. You know, Ben Johnson's going to make some adjustments. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, I expect that one-two duo to carry this Lions team to victory. Give me the Lions here, 30 to 21 over the New Orleans Saints. Falcons and Jets. Atlanta, the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons, I might add, taking on the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. The Jets, much like the Saints and the Chargers, this is a team that was given some good news with Aaron Rodgers returning to practice. They opened his 21-day practice window, and so he is really set on returning perhaps by week 16 and so a team that is just trying to hang on trying to stay in the playoff picture this is a game that the Jets have to have on their home field they are hosting a Falcons team Desmond Ritter has been up and down you know he he has had his moments but I'll have to say Atlanta's defense has really made some positive strides this season thanks to some reinforcement signing Bud Dupree, Jeff Okuda. I'm going to have to go with the upset alert of the week, ladies and gentlemen. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Giving New York to pull off the upset. Tim Boyle is going to start again. Robert Sala said, I'm going to stick with him at least another week. I don't know what type of production you're going to see from Tim Boyle on Sunday. But Brees Hall needs to have the ball at least 20 times on Sunday. This Jets defense has to rise to its prowess. I know at the beginning of the season, everybody had them as a top two defense. They were a little bit gashed on Black Friday by the Miami Dolphins. And they weren't really proud of that. And I understand it has a lot to do with them being on the field all game. We don't have an effective offense, but they have to come out and win this game with the dominant performance. Try to contain Bijan Robinson, who's starting to get into a rhythm. Give me the Jets in a low-scoring game. 17-16 to 16 over the Atlanta Falcons. Greg the Leg Zerline wins it for the New York Jets and gets them to five wins. Cardinal Steelers, Arizona 2-10, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers 7-4. Pittsburgh fired Matt Canada. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Offense got over 400 yards of total offense last week. They're going to look to carry that momentum at Aquashire Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in front of their home fans. Kyler Murray has looked pretty good. I mean, Trey McBride has been his number one target. Although he's hurt, his status is unavailable and unknown on Sunday. We'll see what happens there. When Marquise Hollywood-Brown is going to have to step up. James Conner as well. The run game, they're facing a very... Tough Steelers defense. 
TJ Watt is a bad man. Alex Highsmith is a bad man. Look for Jalen Warren and Najee Harris to once again tote the rock, control time of possession, make Kyler Murray uncomfortable in and outside of the pocket. Give me the Steelers here to win this game. Kenny Pickett does enough to the air. Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth is back in the fold, which bodes well for that offense and their potential moving forward into this back half of the season. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers here, 23-17 over Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Miami Dolphins and Washington Commanders. Miami 8-3, Washington 4-8. The Commanders fired Jack Del Rue after that embarrassing loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Ron Rivera is trying to navigate and steer this team to finish the season strong. I'm not sure they're going to do that with a Miami Dolphins team that, yes, they have not beaten a team above 500 this season, but you know Mike McDaniel and that offense are getting Devon Achan back in the mix. Raheem Mostert, it's too much for Washington to overcome. Well, I think Sam Howell always is going to give his team a chance with his gunslinger mentality. Defensively, Washington trading away their top edge rushers in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Too much to overcome against a very talented offense, an offense that can light you up for over 500 yards and hang 30, 40 points. This could very well be a shootout. But with the way Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey have been playing on the defensive side of the ball for Miami, and how about Javon Holland? He had himself a crazy pick six to end the half against the New York Jets. He's playing another level. Give me the Miami Dolphins here, 31-24 to over the Commanders. Maybe a little bit closer than people expect, but Miami gets the job done. They move to 9-3. Broncos-Texans. This is going to be one of the best games of the week. Two teams vying for a wild card spot. Sean Payton's team has won five games in a row. They bought into his vision. Russell Wilson is not turning over the ball. Defensively, Vance Joseph has tightened the screws. A Denver team that is starting to find its rhythm. I have to say, this is one of the games that's very tough for me to call because Houston, C.J. Stroud, 3,266 pass yards, 19 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Firmly an MVP candidate. But you know what? I'm going to go with the visiting team. Sean Payton may have the edge on the sideline over the rookie head coach, Demeco Ryans. Right now, that Denver defense, led by Pat Sertan, they're starting to limit opposition. Tank Dell is a problem, but if Denver can contain him, make sure that Dalton Schultz isn't eating up too much yards after the catch over the middle. And if Russell Wilson can continue to play effective and efficient football, feed Javante Williams, get Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy involved. I like the Broncos to go to Houston to walk away with a narrow victory, 26-23 in a very close game. Give me Denver, Broncos country. Let's ride. Panthers, Buccaneers, Carolina 1-10, Tampa Bay 4-7. Tampa Bay needs this win. Right now with four wins, they're only a game out of first place in the NFC South. They have a 1-10 Panthers team that just fired Frank Reich. This is a game they got to If not, Todd Bowles may start getting some heat on his seat. We will see Baker Mayfield, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Rashad White has been a pleasant surprise being RB1 in Tampa. Mike Evans should have a big game here. Carolina's still battling injuries. Bryce Young, he can't stand in the pocket for more than a second or two without getting hit. Tampa's defense has been pretty stout, the front seven especially. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-10 over the Carolina Panthers. 325 slotted game, Browns, Rams, a game where Joe Flacco could be starting. How crazy is that? Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still in concussion protocol. 
means the veteran Joe Flacco. Yes, you heard that right. Could be starting against the Rams. The Rams are, are starting to get hot a little bit at the right time. They're getting healthy. Matthew Stafford had a really good game against the Arizona Cardinals. You're seeing a, a breakout from Kyron Williams has been really good for L.A. Defensively, they're very young. But the Browns team, we'll see what Miles Garrett's status is. If he's playing, obviously a big impact player for Cleveland. If Joe Flacco is playing for, for Cleveland, it, it's kind of hard for me to pick the Browns just because the Rams have been pretty good at home. This is a toss-up. I'm going to take Cleveland just based on their defense. They get a couple of turnovers on Matthew Stafford. Flacco's able to do just enough. They're going to the ground with Ford, with Green Hunt. They have to control that in the trenches. Give me the Browns. 20 to 17. Again, another close game. Very difficult to call. But if you're Cleveland, you have to find a way to win this game with the Ravens and the Steelers right there in the AFC North. 49ers and Eagles. The biggest game of week number 13. An NFC title rematch that will be played at Lincoln Financial Field. Man, I cannot wait to watch this game as a neutral fan. There's been a lot of trash talk from both sides. And clearly... The Niners still remember how they went out in that title game. Brock Purdy went down with an injury. At one point, they had to go to Christian McCaffrey as an emergency quarterback. And so Debo Samuel has said some things about James Bradbury. And Kyle Shanahan is trying to play the underdog mantra, saying, I don't know how we're favored in this game against the 10-1 Eagles. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. This is going to be a great game. Philadelphia. Time and time again, they have found ways to erase halftime deficits and pull out games because they are a special team and a team that knows how to win in crunch time when their backs are against the wall, a resilient group. And meanwhile, the 49ers, they have caught their stride ever since the bye week. They are unbeaten. This one is going to be one for the ages and perhaps a potential preview for another playoff game between these two teams that do not like each other. With that being said, because the Philadelphia Eagles have just been able to plow through and win games that they shouldn't have won, they're playing at home. Yes, the Niners are dangerous, and I expect them to push Philadelphia to the brink just like Buffalo did last week. But until Philadelphia loses one of these games, how can I pick against them, especially when they're playing at home? So give me the Philadelphia Eagles 30 to 27 over the San Francisco 49ers. Philadelphia moves to 11-1, a team that just knows how to get it done in these tight, close games. Sunday Night Football, Chiefs, Packers, Kansas City 8-3, Green Bay. How about that? Knocking off the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Jordan Love is looking a little bit better. Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. You're starting to see A.J. Dillon. Now, Aaron Jones has been hurt. We'll see what his status is. If he can play, it's going to help. Green Bay's chances to get a second consecutive upset win at home. Lambeau Field, you know, temperatures are going to be in the 30s. Kansas City, though, although they got off to a bad start against the Vegas Raiders, they turned it on. And until 
Green Bay can produce a little bit more offensively and get a little bit more consistency out of Jordan Love, although he's been playing really well. I can't think against Kansas City in that high-octane offense. And you know what? Their defense deserves a lot more credit. They're a top-five unit as well. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game 27-17 to over the Green Bay Packers. Now to close out Week 13, Monday Night Football, Bengals 5-6, Jaguars 8-3. They're playing in Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars right now, they understand that they have a chance to get that number one seed in the AFC in home field. So they understand the urgency to win this game, especially against a banged-up Bengals squad that is rolling out Jake Browning at quarterback. So if you're the Jaguars, you have to find a way. ETN has been slowed down these last several weeks. This is a game where they got to continue to go at him on the ground, establish a run game, a more well-balanced attack. Press Taylor has had some, some challenges this season trying to get this Jacksonville offense off the ground. I don't think they have an issue here at home, a game where they should win by a couple of possessions. 31-16, give me Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. To close out week 13, they move to 9-3 and firmly in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC. Well, folks, that is my week 13 picks. A little recap there from last night's epic game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. I always appreciate you tuning in from wherever you tune in from. It's always fun. I apologize that I'm getting this podcast up several days later. I know you're used to Tuesday afternoons. Well, hopefully this is a podcast that you can get some benefit from and enjoy. But until week 14, I'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully I'll have my co-host JJ Wilcox back on the mic. Looking forward to it. Until then, take care. God bless. Have a great weekend. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.